So a couple of weeks ago on our marathon trip home from Washington, D.C., I shared that whole story in last week's episode, I did an Ask Me Anything over on Instagram, and um, y'all sent in a whole bunch of really good questions. I answered as many as I could before I just couldn't type anymore. But one of the questions that came up several times was, what books are you reading right now? And honestly, um, I couldn't answer that in the car because sometimes I, I can't like keep them all straight. Like I have a lot of books kind of going in different ways or audio and some are on my nightstand and I have my, um, my couch books, my bed. I just like, I have books everywhere. There's like stacks and stacks of them. Do you guys do that? Like I love buying books and libraries are fine. I like, like libraries are great, but there's something like certain books. I just want to own them and I want them sitting around my house. So that's, that's where we're at. And there's lots of them, but I couldn't remember everything I had either just finished or was in the process of finishing. So I wanted to devote a whole episode to this. And also this is a little easier so I can explain some of my rather eclectic choices, I guess you could say. So here we go. You're listening to the old fashioned on purpose podcast, where ambitious people master the art of returning to their roots. Have you found yourself disenchanted with society or wishing you could opt out of the rat race? Perhaps you're craving a life that's meaningful and tangible, a life where you can create and produce instead of merely consume. I'm Jill Winger, best-selling author and longtime homesteader. Over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of families create more connection, grow amazing organic food, and find the ultimate fulfillment through an old-fashioned lifestyle. And I can do the same for you. Now, on to our episode. So I think I've explained in the past, maybe not here, but elsewhere, maybe on Instagram, I don't know. But um, this might come as a shock to some of you. I don't actually read a lot of homesteading books. Like I, I think some people maybe assume that all I read is like farmer memoirs or something. And that's actually not the case. I will obviously read the occasional homestead book. Um, I'm most interested in very specific topical homesteading books like um, I have my How to Grow Food in Your Polytunnel book that I use a ton. I reference it a lot. Or I have um, Elliot Coleman's Four Season Harvest Handbook book that's always out and about. Like I'll go put it away and then I end up bringing it out. So it just kind of has to sit out all the time. You know, I love those sort of books. But as far as when I just sit down to read, I actually pick usually other topics. So I love psychology sort of stuff. Or sometimes I do things about religion or faith. Or um, my latest kind of interest is just getting a bigger picture of how we got here in our society at our point in history as humans right now and the forces that shaped that. I find that fascinating. So that's what I seek out. I also like business books and things like that. So I want to share some of those volumes that I've been reading today. And I think some of these might be books that you guys would find interesting or helpful, kind of depending on where you're at in your old fashioned on purpose journey. Um, and okay, so let me just, let's see, how do I want to organize these? Because I have my little list. I will say that some of these I just finished, some of them I'm in the process of finishing, and some of them I have on the to read very soon pile. Um, the other day on Instagram, I was talking about reading books. And somebody was like, how do you have time to read so many books? I don't understand how you do everything and read all these books. So I just want to clarify. <laughs> um, I am not sitting around reading all day. I get through books, usually a combination of audiobooks. And I try to read a little bit every night before I go to bed. 
that's tricky because I often fall asleep. And then I end up like getting one page a night. Like it's slow going because, you know, when I go get in bed, I'm usually pretty tired. So um, when I have a book that I'm really engaged with, I have to very purposely carve out time. And what that looks like for me is, um, you know, at night, sometimes I will not watch Netflix and I will purposely pick up the book instead. Or like one of my favorite ways to relax on Sundays, because that's kind of our day of rest around here is I will, after lunch, the ki- I have the kids do a quiet time on Sunday or take a nap, and I will purposely sit down. I love to read outside on our porch, and I will block off an hour or two and read then so I can read very much intentionally and, and being aware. I like to have my highlighter out. I like to take notes on some of these books because I'm kind of at that point where I'm reading a lot of heavy books. They're not fluffy. Um yeah, they're not fluffy books. These these are heavy books with heavy concepts that I really have to think about to digest. So I go th- through them kind of slowly and it helps me to take notes and highlight. So that's how I read. And some there's periods in my life where I get a lot more read and there's periods in my life where I feel like I can hardly read anything that I want to read. But audiobooks are one of my secret weapons because we do have drives, you know, living out in the middle of nowhere, we have to drive to get anywhere. And so that gives me 30 to 40 minutes one way that I can knock out a podcast or a good chunk of an audiobook. Um, for me, I am a visual learner. You you may or may not be like you may you might be audio learner, so maybe audiobooks are like the slam dunk for you. For me, I can only listen to certain books. If it gets too technical or too um, nerdy, I have to read it with my eyeballs and my highlighter because I can't listen to it. It just doesn't absorb, but we're all different. So just kind of know, I would say, if you're trying to get a lot of books read in your busy life, know um, how you absorb information best and roll with it. So that was a very long introduction. Sorry, a uh, little rambly, but okay, books. Should we get into the books? I feel like you're ready for the books. Here we go. Uh, a book I just finished on audiobook was Winning by Tim Grover, and it's winning is spelled W, then the letter one, N-N-I-N-G, Tim Grover. Um, it was really good. It's kind of not typically a book that I would read, I guess, because he is um, a, was a trainer for Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, and I am not a sports person at all. Like, I can hardly think of anything I have less interest in, in than sports. <laughs> Sorry to all of you sports fans. But I loved this book because it wasn't just about sports. And I was able to kind of manage my way through the sports references that he did throw in a little bit because it's about the mindset of the type of person who's the, the best of the best at their game. And I thought it was fascinating. Obviously, hearing and understanding how someone like Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, how they operated and how they function and how they kept themselves sharp was just so cool and, and so interesting to me. But the other side of that book is, is it, it gave me, how do I say this? It gave me a sense of not being alone, I guess. Not that I'm ever would ever consider myself on the same, uh, level as someone like Michael Jordan in his craft or my craft. Like I I don't consider myself that intense, but I am pretty intense. And sometimes it's hard for me to find people um, that I can identify with because I do strive for the best in what I do. And I do, um, I, I, I like, I like to hone my craft and I want to keep getting better. And there is a point where people are always like, when are you going to stop Jill? And I'm like, I don't want to stop. I love this. I'm wired for this. This is what I'm put on this earth for. And a lot of people don't understand that about me. And I've often felt 
for a very long time, there was something wrong with me because of that. And I've had people tell me there's things wrong with me because of that and allude to that and um, kind of exclude us from different things because they just didn't get it. And so this book, he explained this mindset, the type of person that I am. Again, I'm not like Michael Jordan. I'm not that intense, but I have a piece of that in me and it made me feel not alone. And so this book was really cathartic for me. That being said, if you don't have that super intense go-getter personality, you'll probably think some of the stuff in this book is stupid. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say it. I could, I, it really resonated with me because I know myself and I understood what he was saying, but I know some of the friends I have that are more like, just chill and just lay back. And they're just different personality types. I can see them reading this book and going, this is ridiculous. So I think it's good. If you're an entrepreneur personality or you're a, you know, type A homesteader person, I think you would like it. But it was a good read. I really enjoyed it. Um, okay. Another one along those lines that is, it's one that, um, when I read it, I actually read this a while ago, it was a little bit out of my typical reading pattern, but it was so good. It's, it's Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. It's kind of along the same lines as this winning book. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with David Goggins. He is a former Navy SEAL and an ultra marathoner and probably the most intense human on the face of the planet, like no exaggeration. And it tells this book is his story. He came from a really hard background and how he rose to the heights that he did and refused mediocrity and pushed himself. Um, it's really inspiring. Like after you read this book, you'll feel like you could run through a brick wall. Like it's unreal. Um, a little bit of a, a, a warning with this one. It does have a lot of language. So I would not listen to the audio version with your kids in the car. And if you're really sensitive to swearing, don't read it. Um, I thought it was a great, it was a great book, a fantastic book. And then a quick read because it's biographical. It's not, um, it's not heavy in the sense of like you're slogging through really complicated concepts. It's just, it's, it was a great book. I tend to be motivated by, um, really intense people. And I know not everyone's like that. So my sister and I were talking about that the other day, we were talking about someone that we both follow online and she's like, man, every time that guy posts something, I want to punch him in the face and it, it, it makes me want to run away. And I'm like, oh man, every time that guy posts something, I get so fired up. I want to just like run a hundred miles on the treadmill and it's just different personalities, but that's how I roll. And I'm a little weird. So if you're like me or you think you're like me, I think you would like both of those books. Okay. The rest of these on my list are a little more, um, tame, I guess. So <laughs> moving on, um, one that I actually am not finished with it yet. I keep getting sidetracked on it. I know it's a bad habit to have multiple books going at a time, but I do, and I can't help myself. But uh, Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules for Life. I really like Jordan Peterson's stuff. Like it took, I, I'm a little late to the game on him. Um, I've known who he was for a while. Finally read his book. I think it's so common sense and so good. And he's so smart. And there's, when I read his his writing, I have to, you know, think about it and I chew on it. But I just feel like it, it makes me a better critical thinker. And it just the psychology of it, I find fascinating. So 12 Rules for Life is really good. I also really like Jordan's podcast um, and the guests he have. have they just, ex I guess they just expose me to concepts I normally wouldn't be listening to. Like he had, um, he had someone on a couple months ago who was talking about the benefits of literature and how literature expands your mind. And, and it, these, I think this guy was a, I can't remember if he was a professor or whatever. Obviously, I was really paying attention, but it just helped me see things from a different angle. 
ideas I'm not generally exposed to. So I really, really like Jordan Peterson and his books are fantastic. I think the lobster analogies are hilarious. Um, another one that I have half finished again, don't follow my reading habits. I feel like it's not advised to have a bunch of half finished books, but it, it's how I roll. Uh, free to learn by Peter Gray. Um, so he is a kind of educational guru who focuses on unconventional forms of education. And I first heard him on a podcast. I think it was the Thousand Hours Outside podcast. I don't listen to that podcast a ton, but somehow I found that episode that he was on and it was so good. Um, and it just talks about giving kids time to play and think and process. And he, I think he's, I'm not quite through the book, but um, I think he's a little bit more of an advocate of the unschooling methodology, which I'm not a full unschooler, but I can appreciate some of those concepts. So if you are looking at education with fresh eyes or you're wanting a fresh perspective on that, maybe you're questioning the system of public education. I know a lot of people are these days. That's a good place to start. Another one, which I've read it a while ago, but I've been wanting to read again along those lines is, oh crap, what's it called? Oh, Weapons of Mass Instruction by John Taylor Gatto adore his books. That book was such a game changer for me. Highly recommend it. Weapons of Mass Instruction. Okay, another book that is fabulous for uh, my homeschool-minded folks, or even folks that aren't homeschoolers, but just are looking um, for some fresh ideas for their kids, The Read Aloud Family. Uh, a friend recommended it to me. And honestly, I almost didn't read it because I'm like, Okay, I know reading aloud is good. I've seen the stats. What else do I need to know about reading aloud? Not pretty, uh, not really sure what else you're going to tell me. But I read the book anyway. It was a quick read, easy read. And it was really good. Just um, different perspectives of reading out loud, explaining how reading out loud to older kids is still really beneficial. Um, even if the kid can read, how it takes less, you know, they take so much effort when they're deciphering words as a young reader. Sometimes they miss the flow and the, um, poetry of a story or the deeper meanings behind the story. So she's like, you know, you read out loud even to your older kids because my oldest is in sixth grade. She reads pretty well. But she's like, still read out loud to them because they can get the flow and the inflection. And so um, it was good. It just gave me more of an oomph to keep on reading out loud. We already do that, but just more of that. And also she has some really good book lists in the back to help you find good books for the kids and yourself. So that's a great, a great resource for homeschool folks. Um, I do have one homesteading book on my list and I actually haven't read it yet. I've thumbed through it, but it's Polyface Micro by Joel Salatin, the one and the only Joel Salatin. It's his brand new book, but he talks about taking his, um, polyface systems. His animal systems are so unique and so creative and, um, so well thought out and how to apply those to the homestead situation. Cause I know that over the years he's had a lot of people ask questions like, how do I do your egg mobiles and all this stuff, but he has it built for a very large scale. And he's kind of teaching you how to take those principles down to the smaller scale. So I'm really excited to read that. I'm, I'm fairly familiar with a lot of his ideas, but um, I think this book is going to be a good one. So Polyface Micro. Um, what else do I have on my list? I have, oh, Shop Class as Soul Craft. And I can't remember the name of the author, but it's easy to find. Shop Class as Soul Craft talks just about the merits of working with your hands, manual labor, 
Um, some of those ideas I've really just been exploring lately. I mean, I've known they're it's good and I've agreed that that's beneficial for a very long time, but just kind of diving into more of those ideas. Um, this, this author had a lot of good things to say, and I will say he did have copious motorcycle maintenance. Um, I think it was, was it motorcycles or mechanical? Oh, I'm thinking of Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. That's a different book. But he has like, his thing is mechanical stuff, like mechanic shop. That's not my, that's not my scene. <laughs> so he used a lot of mechanic references as illustrations. And so when he got to that in the book, I was kind of like, flip, 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 flip. Um, Cause I just, just it's not what I resonate with, but the rest of it was really, really good. Just talking about, you know, he, I think this author was a professor, so he has definitely been in the world of academia and the book work and the book learning, but he also knows the merit of getting your hands greasy and dirty and it knows the changes in your brain and your being and it's just good. So, um, I do recommend that one shop class as soul craft. Um, the other one on my list is actually when we listen to it, are part of it. It's a very long book on the drive home from DC. I've had it on my list for a while and I actually have the paperback version, but I just hadn't got into it yet. So Christian and I decided to start the audiobook. Uh, it's called The Sovereign Individual and it has a couple authors. I can't remember their name. I bet if I could find it real quick. Hold on. So that'll help you if you decide to find it. I'm typing it in. Hold on. One moment, please. Okay. James Dale Davidson and Peter Thiel. The Sovereign Individual. So it's kind of funny because this book was originally published before the year 2000 uh, in the late 90s. And so they talk a whole bunch about um, Y2K because it hadn't happened yet. And they were kind of predicting that Y2K was going to usher in different things and cause, you know, as many people thought, they were speculating about collapses that may happen around Y2K. So Christian and I were listening to that kind of like, uh, rolling our eyes, like, come on. But, um, once we got through the Y2K part and this, the book that I have was republished or the a new version, what came out in, um, 2020. So they kind of did a little pre-introduction explaining the relevancy of the book even now. And then once you get through the Y2K part, the pieces about, um, I don't know. I think it's fascinating. I don't know if anyone else would find this fascinating, but it talks about, you know, the hunter gatherer cultures and how they transitioned into agriculture. And then they talked about how religious movements came along and then how government came along and the industrialized era and how that shaped so much of our world and our culture and the governments and where the governments came from. Like, it's just really interesting. It's a little bit of a heavier book. Like you have to pay attention to it. And I will say I kept falling asleep on the, in the drive. <laughs> so I missed chunks of it. I'm going to have to go back. I think this is one I'm going to need to read in paper uh, with my highlighter and my notepad because it, there's just some concepts I need to chew on a little bit. But it's really interesting if you're nerdy like me and you're interested in the forces that shaped our world the way they are. And, and their whole premise, at least what I've gathered thus far in between my naps on the road, was that technology is going to open up doors for us to become more sovereign individuals, have more choices, have more personal responsibility versus being dependent on governments for many of the things that they were necessary for in the past. So that's a very um, overly simplified explanation, but it's good so far. It's interesting. I can't say I agree with everything in there or I could fully explain everything in there, but it's just been interesting to say the least. 
Um, and then I think the last book on my list, well, books, I guess, but one in particular is, uh, and I, I have, to, am I going to preface this with a little caveat? I don't know. I did this when I, when I shared my book list over on Instagram, it was a month or two ago. I, I gave a caveat with this. So I'll give you a little bit of the same. Um, this is an author that I previously in a previous life would not have read. And I have been scared for years to tell anyone I read his books. And some people have heard that I've had friends hear me say that. And they're like, oh, Jill, come on, like how silly. But it's true. I was scared to say I read his books because um, some of you know from previous episodes, I shared my my church religious upbringing and kind of where I come from in matters of faith. And I, I came from a very pigeonholed kind of in the box way of thinking about that. And this author was one that you just didn't read. Like he was considered a heretic. And so I definitely avoided all of his writings for a very long time. But as I um, started to step out of those oppressive religious systems that I was accustomed to for such a long period of my life, and I started to get to know God in a new way. I've talked a little bit about this on this podcast, not a ton, because some of these topics I'm still sorting out, and I'm not quite ready to open up um, to worldwide commentary on. But this author has been really healing for me. And his books have been just eye-opening in the very best of ways and have really helped me come to terms with a lot of the things that I was struggling with. So the one and the only Rob Bell, I really like his books. And I'm not saying I agree with everything in his books or that I um, am in full alignment with everything in his books, but he has been an author that has been transformative in my life. So he always, some of his books are always either on my um, phone that I'm listening to audio wise, or they're on my nightstand. One in particular is What is the Bible? It's one I read a year or two ago, and I reread it this year. Um, just an interesting perspective. And so I partially tell you this because I like his books, and I partially tell you this because it's part of me stepping into who I really am online. And I, I shared about that in the first episode of this season in my reintroduction episodes. You know, people assume a lot of things about me, right, wrong, or indifferent. It just happens when you're a public you're putting yourself out there publicly. And so um, part of me just being 100% me in every way, shape and form is sharing what's really on my bookshelf instead of, you know, giving you the rest of the list and, and then not telling you about this guy because somebody's going to think this about me and I don't want them to think that. Like, I'm done with that. I'm not doing that anymore. So um, when I shared that I read Rob Bell on Instagram, I did get a number of messages of people saying that I was in the wrong and that I shouldn't read his books and his books were dangerous and they tried to convert me to their church and that's cool. And I, I understand those people came from a good place and they meant well, but, um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so there I am. Um, and all my weird eclectic reading, uh, homesteaderish business, personal development, glory, all the books I like. Um, I'm guessing some of those surprised you. Some of them hopefully intrigued you. I encourage you to go Try them, see what you think. You may love them, you may hate them, but that's what I'm reading um, or in the process of reading. So I think that's all I have for you, friends. 22 minutes, roughly. It was a good size episode for just talking about books. Um, yeah. So in the meantime, before our next episode hits the airways, if you want to stay in touch with me, I would invite you to join me over at my new little newsletter community. And so I have my big newsletter where we talk about homesteading stuff, but I just started a new one. I, I've mentioned it on a couple previous episodes where we dive into some of these ideas that we've really been hitting on in this 
season about opting out of systems and stepping into who we really are and um, not hiding those parts of ourself that we're afraid will might make other people uncomfortable. Like, I don't know, reading Rob Bell <laughs> and telling the world about it. We're not going to be talking about that on the newsletter, but you know what I mean. Um, anyway, so I just have this new newsletter. You can join it. It's free. I'll be sharing resources about, you know, growing your own food and um, getting out of maybe traditional education and employment, all those systems that are being shaken up right now and are giving us all a chance to reevaluate where we are and why we are where we are and how we can um, make those positive changes. So it's over at theprairiehomestead.com slash free thinker all one word, and I'll drop that down in the uh, show notes as well. So you can click on it if you don't want to write it down. And uh, yeah, I'll have some good stuff over there. So come on over and join us. And that's all I have for you today, friends. Thanks for listening to my rambling list of weird books. And I hope it was helpful. And we will chat again on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.